Welcome to the Dreamers Colloquium Podcast, recorded in New York City at Studio 84. You can reach us at thedreamerscolloquium at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, or to submit your dreams. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Dream Colloquium. If you leave us a five-star review on iTunes, we'll read it on the next show. Thanks for listening. Extremely exciting. This is my favorite show we've done yet. Show three. The best show we have put together. I can tell you for a fact we've got an all-star cast in studio today. So to remind our listeners of myself, I'm your host, Reed Brooks. I'm in studio with my co-host, Will Funk. Hi, Reed. How are you? I'm good, man. It's been a long time. Happy to be back. Whole week. It's been a one week. A one long, long week. A long one week. I've been waiting to come back. I've been waiting to have you back, and it's a pleasure. So hyped for this. We've got in studio two guests. This is really exciting. We've changed our format. We're going to be doing a guest every week, but we are blessed today to have two fantastic guests, one of whom is Will Funk's brother, Double Funk, Jack Funk. Hello. Great to be here. Yeah, man. Well, we're excited to have you. How are things going? Pretty good. Hot today. Warm today. So warm yesterday. So hot. It's humid here. That's the thing. It's hard to explain. It doesn't usually get like this, but when it does, it's brutal because you're got you have all the city heat. Totally compacted in. Concrete jungle. Just traps it all. And also in studio we have uh, I'm trying to figure out how to to properly introduce this gentleman. Hmm. He was my roommate in college. Yep. He is a magnificent saxophone player. Ah. He has a fantastic, manly, baritone voice. Thanks. And he is uh, one of the single greatest musicians and musical promoters in the world. Whoa. it's quite a title to live up to there, Reed. <laughs> Nate Ross. Hello. Good to have you, man. Good to be here. Nate from L.A., out here in the big city. I'm discovering the meaning of humidity. Nate, how would you compare New York to L.A. thus far? It's a lot, it's a lot taller. Really it's taller, mm. tall, yeah, big that's, buildings. That's very true. Yeah, lots of people. Oh, are yeah. all up in you. Mm. All up in you. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Well, uh, we have some fun things in store for today's episode. Let me talk first about some of the uh, the basics that we need to get out of the way. We have a, a promo right now where we will read any iTunes review that you provide to us if it's five stars, and we got a couple of reviews this week. So I want to give a shout out to a couple of folks who uh, provided some great stuff. Um, the first, uh, the first is titled "The Dreamers Colloquium." That actually is the title of our show. Um, so this listener really, really knows exactly what they're talking about. I'm, I'm quite confident this wasn't for another show accidentally that wound up on our page. And uh, thank you, Coke eight nine seven nine, for your comment of enjoyable. Exclamation point. Mm-hmm. It's a very nice, mm-hmm. very nice review to get. Concise. Uh, really on point. And then we additionally have a comment from Will BBB. 
I'm assuming not with a better business bureau. Uh, he says, great stuff. I enjoy this podcast. Lots of ways for it to go in the future. Thank you, Will BBB. Cool. I, I do think there were lots of ways for it. It's exciting. We're live on iTunes. We're getting reviews. Yeah. Well, Wheels are turning here. <laughs> well, I mean, like, you know, live in Studio 84 here. I mean, obviously you and I are... Uh, professionals in this game and have done this many times before, but this is probably the most exciting show I've ever been on. What do you think? If the first rating you can get is enjoyable, five stars, I'm happy with that. Yeah, well, many people, uh, you know, uh, just uh, don't have many words to throw out there. They, they want to keep it concise, and I think that was a good one for us. Perfect. We have uh, we have some cool cool dreams to talk about. I'll, I will just say, I was really excited about having these, these people in, in the studio today because uh, Jack and I have known each other since early childhood. Uh, Nate and I, uh, we're roommates in college, so this is a really fun group, I feel like, um, to have together for this show. Um, we're going to let, I think, in the dream process here, we're going to let Will go first um, and bring out what he has for the week. I have, I have two fantastic dreams for this week. We probably will not have time to get to both, um, but I definitely want to, uh, to get to as much of it as I can. So, Will, feel free. The floor is yours, my friend. Well, um... I do feel like I owe a general update um, to you and anybody else who might be listening. Um, so I'm starting to record more and more of my dreams since we've been meeting. Um, and just as a general comment, I would like to say that I find it to be um, increasingly easier as um, we move through this. Like, I find that I'm... You find the recording process easier. Well, I find that I'm dreaming more often. Um, and then it's... Um, not necessarily that it's easier to record, just that I'm doing it more often. Um, I find that I can slip into a dream more easily. Like when I'm going to bed, I can kind of just picture something and then it's as if I just kind of teleport into a dream, like instantaneously. And then again, when I wake up, I'm like, I can kind of recall them. And it's like, it seems like I'm just having more and more of them. Um, it's like I'm kind of training myself, which is an interesting phenomenon. I've had, I've had something on that, and I'll, I'll just kind of piggyback off the back of what you're saying. I feel like I have noticed that I remember my dreams more. So I don't think I'm, like, actually having more dreams. Mm. I feel yeah. like I'm just remembering them more often. Yeah. And it's happening to me where I'm, I will wake up and I'll go, oh, I don't remember what happened in my dream last night. And then I will be walking down the street, or I, I will sit down at work and be thinking about something else. And then all of a sudden, I'll remember what happened in my dream. Really? And it's oh, really like cool. Yeah. Day. And I'll like actually have to email myself what happened in my dream so that I actually have it. I mean, I can say that as I am, you know, more conscious about recording it, um, I have a, like a greater detailed memory of the dream. Um, so the first few dreams I've presented here on, on the podcast have been like, um, you know, pretty abstract. And I, I mentioned in the last episode that I couldn't really re- recall like things people said or maybe like, you know, words or specific. It was mo- it was mostly like abstract situations and scenes. And now I'm like realizing that I can kind of think deeper and be like, oh, I, you know, I do kind of remember that this person said that in a dream or like what that door light looked like or something. Um, I just have like a greater like fidelity of like memory of like what the dream was. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Um, I mean, yeah, that's cool. I mean, I think yeah. that's really important that you. It's definitely really important that you have that type of experience as you're going through yeah. your dreams. That they're coming out in, in a more, um, on a more regular basis. You're getting more of the detail. I don't know if that. Do you think that's part of the fact that we're actually doing this exercise? I think so. Or is it part of the fact that you're more focused 
on reviewing your dreams? Because I would think I would think probably that if if you are getting to the point that you are are maybe like looking back at dreams more regularly, you're training your mind to look into that subconscious a little bit deeper. Rather than I don't know that it's maybe you're having more dreams as a result of this exercise. I I agree. I think I'm just more focused on it, and I've made it a priority. And then all of a sudden, yeah, now it's like I. I'm just aware of the fact that this is happening. I think. So, Will, I think yeah. this is your this is your time. This yeah, is your floor. I'll, uh, I'll go first. So, this is the dream that I had the night of July 14th into the 15th. Um, and again, I'm just reading aloud what I wrote down when I woke up in the morning. So, this was the stream of consciousness that came out of me remembering this dream. Okay, so here it goes. I'm sitting in a great hall at an Edward Tufte conference. And for those of you who don't know, Edward Tufte is kind of a thought leader in data visualization. Um, Pretty cool guy. Anyway, so I'm at this conference, and I'm there with a really good friend from home. And we're waiting for him to get started with the lecture. My friend asks if we're going to learn about user interface design. Noticing that Tufti teaches about graphic visualizations and other principles like that. I tell him yes, and that user interface design and user experience design are basically the same thing. As we're waiting, Tufti instructs us to go into another room and pick out a jacket. I pick out a gold jacket, and when I say jacket, I mean blazer. I pick out a gold jacket, and my friend picks out a turquoise one. We both look a little ridiculous, but also kind of fly. <laughs> we come into the Great Hall and notice that there are now numbers that have been etched into glass above each of the large door that surrounds this Great Hall. We imagine that Tufty will begin to perform some kind of magic trick where he guesses what jacket we have on by looking at the numbers or something like that. But it never happens. We keep waiting and waiting for him to start with the lecture, but he doesn't. He just continues to make small talk with the audience. Eventually, I get up and pass by him through a large archway door that has just appeared. I move through it and realize that I'm now in the Clinton-Washington Avenue G subway stop. Or the G subway station. Only it doesn't look like that. It doesn't look like that on the inside. Um, In my dream, there are... um, There are tiled walls and arched ceilings, and it's very ornate. I turn the corner and realize that no one is is down here. I see only, instead, a series of iPads that are on the ground, one at each corner of the subterranean walkway. On a closer look, I realize that there is a looping GIF of some kind of game on the touchscreens. I instantly recognize that these are either bombs or detonators for bombs rigged to explode. I rush out of the tunnel and back into the Great Hall to announce what I've seen. When I do, there's some frantic scuffling and we all pour outside onto the street. And the last thing I remember is just kind of loitering loitering around with my friend um, and the crowds on the street when I woke up. That's it. Shorter than that. Well, I mean, I I think a couple things immediately stood out to me. And I, I, just for the... Uh, first-time members of the colloquium, I will say um, the way we generally do this is um, 
we give uh, Will or the dreamer, the speaker, the floor to provide their um, the insight on their dream, and then we can provide commentary afterwards and provide general reactions. Will, this seems very different. Um, yeah. Very different from the, the last couple of dreams you've brought in. So this yeah. gives me a totally different um, insight into the process that you go through when you dream. Um, the end of this in particular, and I, I want some clarification here. There were bombs on the screens? No, they were just iPads. They were just iPads, like, on little stands on the ground, on, like, corners or intersections of, like, the sub subway, like, walkway. But no, there were no people down there. There was something about bombs here. And so my, my intuition was, like, oh, this is a system of, like, detonators, basically. Like, it was some kind of, like, trap or something like that. And you felt unsafe. Yes. Did you have a feeling of, of towards the end of this, this moving into, before you woke up, this moving more into the realm of a nightmare? No. Honestly, no. It was just kind of like a tense situation. And I, and I fled, I fled out of there. Um, but I agree. I mean, this, this has not been in line thematically with like the other dreams I brought in the last couple of episodes where, you know, we kind of discuss like, or like, you know, um, scenes of me being athletic and like romantically involved emerged. This is like very different, um, much more related, I think to like, um, my professional experience and my career and, um, this bomb thing is just really out of nowhere. I don't know. Maybe there's do you a think lot of that going on in the news, but I, I really don't know what that's about. Do you think there's any relation to or between the conference that was supposed to happen and the bomb itself, like an exploding feeling around like that sort Not of area even. of thought or Not even. I honestly see them as two separate parts in the dream, honestly. I mean in terms of like um but you communicated to the people at the conference that there was, uh, you know, you thought there was a bomb, yeah, and you needed true. to, and everyone agreed with you, and moved out of the room. Yeah, I mean, so my initial analysis, and the only thing that I could pull away from this dream was the fact that I was there with my good friend from home, and in that regard, um, it's because I had just seen him a few weeks ago um, when I was back home in Oklahoma for a wedding and I was like you know sharing some of my personal experiences and advice on um, entrepreneurship and design and stuff and um, I had kind of forgotten to do that and then it's like it came out in this dream and either that day or the day after I was like like when I had the dream I was like oh I forgot I was going to reach back out to him and give him this stuff. And it actually kind of served as a reminder for me to like get back in touch with him and send him some things. So it was almost like a, it was like a reminder of something that I was going to do and then I didn't do and then it, I was able to do it. I don't know. It was, it was interesting. But then there's some element of that being a trap, right? Didn't, did you, did no, you feel no, that but way? That's no. the thing. Like I, I really see that the, the, those two, um, the two parts is like different. I, I don't, that they were very distinct. I mean, it was just like, you know, next, gotcha. like, like the, the, the conference and that whole thing, like I very much saw and like 
one since. And the bomb thing was just kind of like out of nowhere. It, I, that's definitely not how I perceived it, like, when I woke up. Um, it, it, instead, my reaction was like, oh, right, like, I gotta, I need to get back in touch with him. Um, but that's kind of all I got from this dream. It's, you know, shorter and shorter than some of the others I've brought in. But I think that's okay since we have four people here today. Why do you, why do you think you had a gold jacket and your friend had the turquoise oh, I don't know. I don't know. Because I, I remember thinking, like, we both look awesome. There was no like, sense of, like, competition. It was like, yeah, like, we're going to do this. It's like, we're going through this together. When you said that, though, like, two things came to mind. Either... The first is the connection to sports because your dreams seem to have it. The gold, the gold jacket, like of basically the masters, kind of like that that concept. Or like also, I kind of got this like flash of like Dumb and Dumber, where like Jim Carrey yeah. is like like rolling around and like he's like he's like high color jacket. Like I, I got those two. Those were the two things that came to mind about that particular. Um, I thought of the NFL jackets because they're the ones with the gold jacket. Oh, you're right. It's a green jacket it's with green the masters. Jacket. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so Hall of Fame, the Gold Jacket's the Hall of Fame, yeah. But I honestly, I don't know, I, I, again, this is like one of my best friends from home, and it's, in no way do I perceive this as competitive, and instead like more collaborative, and it's like, let's help each other. And so when I woke up, I was like, oh, I'm almost glad that I had this dream, because I, I want to help him out, I want to give him these resources, and like, send him an email. So, it was a weird way... <laughs> For, you know, my like, brain to remind me of that, but I did. Just like a mental reminder. Yeah. Subconscious reminder. Yeah. Kind of unique. I don't know. That's all I got. I don't know. you have any more thoughts, Reed? You know, I'm trying, I'm trying to tie something together with it. Um, it is, it does seem... So much of, of what the detail on this until the end seems very, um, it, it kind of seems a little, it seems like a little passive. I almost feel like the, this dream was building into something. Uh, I can tell you, you that, I up. can tell you that I will say, this is worth noting. So there was more to this dream, but I couldn't really remember. Yeah. Like when I was recording this, I was like, ah, there were some other scenes, but I couldn't piece it together. There wasn't enough. For me to write anything down. Were those other scenes in between the scenes that you were able to share? I, I, or? I think they might have been after or maybe before, but... Something else was there. Yeah. Some but I don't even know how important it was. I don't know. I have two questions. Of the iPads, sure. you saw them. Was there anything like showing on them to suggest they were yeah. bombs or you just knew instinctively in your head, this is a bomb. You know what it was kind of like? It was kind of like, um, it was kind of so, like some, you know, it was like a looping gif or some silly like, it's like a time laughing game. face or like yeah. game or like cartoon thing. Almost like, you know what like comes to mind is like something from like the Joker and Batman or something. Okay. Something that gave you the feeling that this was evil in some sense. Yeah. 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 Like, imagine this iPad and it's just like, and there's a bunch of them, and there's like, I don't know, some kind of like face on the screen, like laughing or something, and it's like looping. But it looks, it looks like it's a game, right? But it's, but it's clearly not. I don't know, it's weird. Yeah. But again, I don't know that it has any, anything to do with like the other part of the dream. So, I don't know. 
Well, that, that's actually my second question was with, with the bomb thing. Do you think this, like, Tafty conference was supposed to go down? That I don't know. So, I, it is worth noting that I did go to a Tufty conference yeah. in Boston a few months ago. Um, can, I, can I just interject here real quick and say, yeah. is this common knowledge who this individual is? Yeah, he's, people, he's, a, he's a public yeah, figure. He's a public figure. He's well known within. Yeah, yeah he's a public figure. Yeah, okay. I had never, I, I either am not placing him or had not heard of him, so I wanted to make sure that it's someone that people would. Yeah, I would guess the majority of listeners, unless you sort he's of in the world, yeah, sort of professionally, probably don't know who he is. But he's an academic. He's like a, um, he's like a big statistician and like thought leader in data visualization and stuff. Okay, cool. So, um, but yeah, and I went to his conference and it was great and. Um, I mean, I don't know. There was a, a period of time in the beginning where it was like he gave us, he gave the audience time to like review some material and then he got started. Like, I don't know, maybe that was a connection there, but, but no, in my dream that it never started. Um, well, it does sound to some extent like you were reliving a, a, a past event that obviously you're, you're able to recall in, yeah, in your life very, very clearly. Just, this dream just seemed like a blend of a lot of a lot of things. It was like, on the one hand, it's like, here's this Tuffy conference, which I have experienced. And then there was this part, you know, this element of my friend being there. It was like a reminder, like, oh, I got to, I should remind him to do this. Or like, or like reminded for me to share some things with him. And then, um, you know, some design stuff was there just like for my own career and like current job experience. I don't know. I think it's interesting that the subway station is like you're a subway stop, right? right? It's like you're in and out of it at least yeah. twice a day during the But it the didn't week, look like it. But it was different. Yeah. yeah. How, how, what was it that made it seem identifiable that you immediately recognized as your subway stop? It wasn't identifiable. It was, it was just like a, a knowledge, known, so to speak. Yeah. Interesting. That's a very common dream theme. You know, um, it's very common for you to see things that are, or places that are familiar, but modified into yeah. another method or, so, or yeah. type of um, environment. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that your mind, I think, in the process, um, first of all, your mind does not create a picture of that place. But secondly, I think your mind fills in a lot of blanks and such yeah. as the dream is rolling along and creates things. Because yeah. no, it's, a dream doesn't happen in the course of you have this entire idea and an entire story that you then unfold for yourself and tell to yourself. Dreams happen in the moment. So as the dream is moving along, more detail, more things are being filled in for you to um, to keep exploring. That's a, that's a great point um, because, Reed, you had an experience that you shared, I think, I think it was their first episode, um, when you talked about being in D.C., only it looked nothing like Washington, D.C., it was like, right. a, you know, a mix of theme parks and like the Statue of Liberty was there. And it was like very like idealistic. So, yeah. But, but I knew, I knew it was DC. Um, right. You just knew not, it. Right. Yeah. So like, what is that? What is that all about? I don't know. Your perception of that place. Right. Anyway, should we move on? Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that was great. I think, I think that's, um. Yeah, let's try. Let's try some. Let's, let's let our uh, let our guests fill in some. Yeah, I just want to be conscious of time here. Sure. Um, I, I don't know that I have anything else to add. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, good one. You're welcome. Thanks for creating that and bringing it in in right. your brain.
just flows out, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Nate, I think I think we're gonna have you uh, have you go next. Okay. Uh, it's my. This is gonna be scary. I don't even know what this is, but it's gonna be terrifying. <laughs> no, this was uh, this was a couple of days ago. I just got here to New York, kind of on a little mini vacation here, and um, my usual kind of anxiety before trip dream, where I knew I was going on a trip. I knew I was going to New York specifically. I was at this mansion, kind of just. I, I wasn't sure if I was hanging out with friends or or with you know, people just having some fun, but, you know, kind of this like growing anxiety. I knew I had to get to the airport. I knew my plane was about to leave. So I'm like frantically trying to get somebody at the mansion to, you know, take me to the airport. Otherwise, you know, I'm, I'm going to miss my plane and I'm going to be, you know, you know, out of luck. Eventually call my uncle. My uncle has a like one of those giant oversized trucks, you know, with like the wheels that are too huge. And I call him and was like, hey, you know, Uncle Uncle Bobby, can you come and get me at the mansion? And he kind of zooms in, gets out, and goes over to hang out with everyone who's hanging out at the mansion. So out of luck there. He's otherwise preoccupied. Can't say why. And then after that, I ask somebody who I think is my grandma. I address her as grandma, like, hey, grandma, you take me to the airport. Couldn't see her face, couldn't really identify her. I'm not sure where she came from because I've, you know, never really had, like, a grandma figure much in my life. Um, but she ends up taking me to the airport. And then she keeps, like, yelling at me, like, oh, my God, we're going to be late. Oh, my God, where are you going? And I say London. And I don't know why I said London. That was the other place I had thought of at the time, uh, even though it was really clear to me earlier that it was New York, that was the place, vacation and for work. Um, and it basically just cut off right there. So I'm not sure if there's more to that either. You know, I only found out about this exercise, you know, a little while ago, but uh, that was that was, uh, that was was my dream there. That's, I, I actually, a lot, of, a lot of that is cool to me. Um, in particular, the thing that stood out the most to me, and I actually looked at Will as you said yeah. this, was you saying you've never had a very strong grandmother figure in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a figure who you can't identify popping up in your dream who you know and identify as your grandmother or grandma, as you say, um, I don't want to dive too deep into your personal psychology, your personal life, but I mean, I would assume to some extent you felt like that's something you've, you've been lacking over the course of your life. Yeah. So I grew up knowing only one natural grandmother, um, who passed away when I was in the fourth or fifth grade and she lived in Florida. So I saw her maybe, you know, two or three times. Uh, the other one I, I never knew. So you know, awfully familiar with the concept, not really familiar with the person. Well, what's interesting to me about that, um, and first of all, obviously, sorry about um, the, oh, yeah. the familial connection that you feel like you've lost. Um, what's interesting to me about that that stood out so clearly is you were in this highly chaotic scenario where you felt very much like you needed to be able to rely on someone um, getting to the airport you know, being lost, not having the ability to get there. And your mind immediately also connected to 
a human being mm. that you feel like in life you've never had. Um, so almost there's almost a very strong parallel there between the events of the dream, what was happening in the dream from an event perspective, and the individual that your mind connected it to. Yeah. So your mind was basically telling you in that process, I'm going to connect to an individual who I don't actually have in my life, and I'm going to associate that with the stress and the chaos of what's going on in this particular scenario. Hmm. Um, which to me, that's very fascinating. I mean, that's, that's like a... That, that seems to me to be fairly clear that the dream is diving deep into that lost individual. And that's the stress and such that's being associated with that. Mm. Did you say this happened the night before you were scheduled to fly out? It was like a couple nights before I was yeah. scheduled. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I've also had similar dreams. It, like, in the sense of, like... Oh, I you know I need to get on a plane the next morning, and like you dream that you miss it or that you you can't get there. Right. Um, so I think that's fairly common, um, and maybe that's just general anxiety about not being able to get there, or like you know the trip won't go well or something. Um, but I think that's somewhat universal. Well, a lot of it, I mean, like let's think about the way that you're preparing for this trip. Did you feel like in the process of preparing for the trip that you were getting help? from other people in your life or did you feel like you were very on your own and alone for all of the preparations and putting things together? I felt like, um, most of the preparation fell to me. Um, I was able to, you know, delegate a couple of things as necessary, but, um, you know, obviously the relative success of the trip was my responsibility. So sure. I mean, it does seem to me like that's a lot of what your mind is telling you in this process is, I don't think there's anything deeper than, hey, we actually are, this is a dream actually about the preparations for the upcoming trip. I think that's fairly clear. I don't see like a deeper metaphor there. But I do think a lot of it is metaphorical for the fact that you were worried about the stress that comes along with you trying to put everything together and take responsibility for all of that. Yeah. Did you feel that way in, you know, real life as you were preparing for the trip? Like you didn't get you know, maybe the support or, uh, <clears throat> availability from other people at your company. Did you really feel totally responsible for the success or failure of this trip? No, I certainly felt you know, entirely responsible. Um, in terms of resources, I think, uh, you know, I was able to, to get the resources I need for the most part and to, you know, dig in and work a little bit extra to make it happen. But, um, yeah, it was, I don't think it was like some sort of plea for help thing. I, yeah. know, I wasn't put in a situation that I wasn't able to solve myself. That's cool. I, I, I think it's really cool to kind of see like the, the stress dream. I mean, this is, this is a very, this is a very good example yeah, of the stress the, dream. The, I missed the test, right? Like that's right. The, the dream exactly. that everyone's had a million right. times, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, anybody else oh, have anything? Oh, yeah, sorry. You, you made it to New York. I'm here. Yeah. So yeah. you got here. All right. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> All's well that ends well in reality. I made it to Studio 84. Yeah. <laughs> you're actually sleeping on the couch at Studio 84, from what I've heard. Um, which you're more than welcome to come. Uh, come actually crash with someone if you'd rather stay, uh, you know, with a person. But Studio 84 is extremely luxurious, mm-hmm. so I can understand why you chose to stay. The combinations are top notch. They are. Uh, you know, you enjoy living with, say, two cats. You have that. And there's, my peak cat allergies. Yeah, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's lots of, uh, there's lots of fantastic, uh, European collections of knickknacks. 
And food, Beowulf. <laughs> took a, I took uh, I took Nate to a uh, fantastic Turkish place up here. We like to do occasional plugs, so we're still not sponsored as a podcast. Mm-hmm. So maybe Beowulf will start sponsoring us, uh, aka Beilu, which is a uh, Turkish oh, yeah. restaurant down yeah. the street. I was going to say, why is the Turkish Beowulf. restaurant named Beowulf? It's every time we said that, you know, it's Beowulf. Beilu, I get. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, cool. Let's move on. Yeah. Jack, what do you got for us? So, I've got a nightmare today. Uh, and I'm so excited when I heard that you were going to be bringing in a nightmare, because we haven't had one of these yet. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a very interesting experience, and it, you know, it's actually been a while since I've had a nightmare. And, um, you know, I kind of won't spoil the ending to it, but it really was not kind of the expected end result either. So, uh... Dream starts, or my recollection of the dream starts with me riding a horse through a forest in the middle of night. There is a full moon, and I distinctly remember wearing like a hooded cape. And the horse is walking, you know, like I'm trying to sort of stay quiet, right? Like there's, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make my way quietly through, the, through this forest this night. And... I hear a like a terrifying shriek from behind me, and I know that it's this thing chasing me. And I kick the horse into high gear, and now I'm like booking it through this forest, right? The, I remember the the hood on my cape flying off. I remember you know like branches hitting me in the face, like like a desperate chase to get away from this thing that I that is chasing that's following me, and. Uh, after a while of that, it catches me, and uh, it, you know, it basically stops my horse. I don't even know how to describe it. It gets my horse to stop, sort of through some sort of like te- like telekinesis, basically. Like it takes mental control of my horse and stops my horse. And as it it comes in for like a, like I'm just going to reference Harry Potter here, like a Dementor kiss kind of move, but like the uh, thing itself is basically just a body of spikes with hollow black eyes. And it kind of like comes in for this embrace, like a medieval torture device. And as it's like getting in, like as it's about to be curtains, basically I move from like first person to third person watching myself as this is happening. And it's like, I I can see myself screaming and, like, as I'm screaming, out of total nowhere, a unicorn comes in with, like, just, like, blinding white light. And then my girlfriend woke me up. And she said I was yelling. Like, I was, like, you know, not, like, like full breath, like, screaming, but kind of, like, a talking in your sleep, like, you know, kind of, like, a, a moaning kind of, like, yell. Uh, you know, and she woke me up. And then that was it. And I was immediately after the dream laughing at the absurdity of the unicorn coming in. I was like, she was like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I just got saved by a unicorn. It's, it's all good. So that was, uh, that was my dream. What have you been reading? <laughs> I want to thank you for what so, you just told me. So, so, so <laughs> th- it's really interesting that you asked that because it was a direct extension of what I was reading right before I went to bed. I took the storyline out of the book that I was reading, basically, and converted you. it into, into yeah. a dream. And what was, like, so funny about it is, like, 
I remember thinking about it like after I woke up. I was like, I knew immediately that that's where it had come from. I knew immediately that it was an extension of that. And I was thinking about like in the book, like what was it was I was forecasting the plot basically. And I was like, there is no way that this is the actual plot of this book. And I just thought it was absurd that that's where my brain thought it was going to end up with a unicorn coming in to like, you know, save the day with a like horn of light, basically. I just imagined like the scene from Lord of the Rings with Gandalf when Gandalf rides down. I almost made that reference and just brings the hammer down, like the white light down, everything. Okay. Basically, exactly like that. Wow, coming Crazy out of a cool uniform. dream. Um, so the the first thing that like, so I was tapping Reed as Jack was saying this, but um, you said you had, there was a moment when your point of view shifted from first person to third person. Yes, when you were about to die, basically. Yes, and the shift from first person to third person view is something that happened in the last two dreams that I presented in the last two episodes here on the Colloquium. So. I'm ex- I'm excited to just hear um, that that's a thing that happens. I don't know to more people, and there's I don't know. I think that's an interesting kind of insight, um, and I'd be curious to learn a little bit more about why that happens and what's happening there. I think I think you're right. I think that's a very I think it's well established and well agreed that that is a prominent function of dreams. And I think what's interesting about that is you can have. You can also have like elements of control associated with that transformation. Um, and the word is escaping me right now. Lucid, I think, is yeah. lucid dreaming. Um, but I think what's interesting is that kind of like ability to separate out and see that. I mean, as you were, if you remember the WNBA yeah. bus dream. Um, <laughs> One of my so, favorites. Which, uh, as I told you in that, um, when the bus actually flipped out of control... I was outside of the bus looking at it continue to yeah. flip and everyone, including the entirety of the WNBA team, die. So I think I that's part of it. I about this dream and the premise is ridiculous. Kind of absurd. Yeah. <laughs> it's a dream job. Go back and listen to episode one. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hold on. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely like a, a lucidity thing, right? Lucid dreaming just means that you're aware that you're dreaming, not necessarily that you can control it, although that is an aspect of of lucid dreaming. Um, so I think that's, yeah, I mean, I think that's interesting. And I also, um, the other thing that jumped out at me was when you mentioned, um, that this is basically an extension of what you've been reading. Like, you know, you were imagining this scene. Unquestionably. Yeah. And then it just kind of faded into that, which goes back to what I was saying earlier before I started reciting my dream was that like, you know, I'm finding that like, it's easier for me to slip into dreams like, cause I'll just be like, as I'm lying down, I'll be thinking about something and I can be visualizing something. And then all of a sudden I'm there. So mm-hmm. I thought that was also, um, a key takeaway or something that left out of me, but would you describe it as a night terror where you wake? So night terror is like when you wake up and you're screaming and running around. No, I, because it, as soon as I woke up, it was to me, like immediately clear, it had no like no sense of reality to it. Like it was immediately clear, like kind of where it had come from, like what was happening. And I just thought the unicorn light was so silly that it was like I was almost like laughing about it. Mm. Scared my girlfriend terribly. Like she, it was, she didn't go back to sleep for a long time after it happened. I went back to sleep before she did, basically. 
so I think in the moment it was very, very visceral. Like I was, you know, making noise and clearly like very terrified. But once I was conscious again, it was, you know, processed very quickly and it was like, was the unicorn a metaphor for Catherine? Could have been. Could have been. Could have been. I mean, certainly, if you think about what was going on in the dream and what was probably happening in, you know, reality, uh, it was probably about the time of that dream when she was waking me up because I was screaming. Uh, sure. So, yeah. I mean, very easily could have been. Yeah, I was I was going to say, it sounded like the point in which your brain just said, yeah, enough. I think we scared him enough. It's time yeah. to, yeah. you know. This is silly now. Let's yeah. turn on the farce here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember growing up, Jack kind of shouting and screaming every now and then in his sleep. Yeah. Or groaning or moaning. Yeah. Do you also remember that we used to talk to each other in our sleep? Yeah. You were a big sleep talker. Mom used to have conversations with you on the red. Well, so did we. Like, mom, yeah. I mean, we would wake up and our yeah. mom would say, you guys held a 25-minute conversation with each other <laughs> in your sleep. And, like, we couldn't go to bed. This is really, I mean, this is really interesting, I think, from just a standpoint of sibling connectedness on dreaming and subconscious and sleep, uh, sleep topics. I would be really curious to know when you guys were having those conversations, what was going on in each of your dreams. Me too, man. That would be insane. (laughs) Yeah, right? Like, do you guys think that you could actively impact another human being's dream while you're both asleep? No. Um, I I remember. I don't think it's out of the question. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, the sibling I mean, connection is very strong. If we're conversing, there's well, some connection and it what I, impacts like, what's happening. I don't know. Sure. I mean, I do remember, I remember sometimes like basically messing with you when you were having dreams and like being talkative. You could ask questions and sometimes you would explain like, what was going on in your dream while you were still obviously in the middle of the dream, right? And so you'd be like, oh. you would say something. And, like, if I followed up with a question, you would respond to the question. And, you know, obviously I wasn't dreaming when that was happening, but it was something that happened from time to time. Yeah, I mean, that's different from... Yeah, so, but but presumably, if we were talking to each other, even independently dreaming, even if we, we very certainly could have had an effect... On one another's dreams, so, yeah. even if it wasn't, yeah, even if it wasn't, questionably, you know, yeah, intentional, basically, just pure circumstance. Should've this is keep, cool. Should have been keeping a dream journal. I think what's cool about this, Jack, is just getting a sense of the impact of not only the depth to which it seems like you invest yourself in literature. It seems like you probably very heavily. I mean, you very, very heavily invest yourself. When you're reading, you create a lot in the imagination. You really absorb the material. I would say that's very true. Um, I mean, it would have in, in the context of this coming out. I mean, it seems very, very clear that it would have to be the case. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, as this as this dream unfolds, how you. I, you basically brought the characters into the dream. I don't know if the, the character who's running from um, running from this creature on a horse, if that character is a character that you would particularly identify with in the story. In the, in the story, it was a group of characters. So, I, you know, it's maybe interesting that it was 
just me alone. Protagonist characters? Protagonist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's sort of a book with, I guess I would say, multiple storylines, but there were definitely several point-of-view characters that were being chased by this thing, if that makes sense. That's interesting. And it was the spiky thing. No. In, in, in the book, the enemy or the, the being doing the chasing was not to that point in the story was not at all similar to what was chasing me in the dream, except for the fact like that it was sort of evil and as of yet not really fully uh, explained. Like there was still some mystery to, to the, the character doing the chasing, the evil character, right? It was still mysterious. It was still in the background. hadn't really come fully into the foreground of the picture. There was uncertainty as to what it really was. Can I ask you what the book is? Uh, yes, actually. I believe it's called... Uh, book it's the uh the wheel of time series uh it's the the first book uh basically just looking for some sort of like basically fantasy epic similar to to game of thrones and i just started reading it i mean i was four or five chapters into it at this point nice recommended yeah good so far i'm still in the first book but it's good so okay what do you got reed actually i had two very 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 good dreams um, and I'm going to do sorry, one. Reed was texting me furiously this week. Like, you can't, like, <laughs> you're not going to believe what I dreamt about. Like, he's like, it's off the wall. Like, so I'm excited for this. There are two. I mean, I want, I would like to get into both of them if possible, if we have time. Let's see where we get into after the first one. And then we can talk, um, and see maybe if we can hit this last one, or at least hit the highlights of it. Um, so this is dated seven nineteen sixteen into seven twenty sixteen. Uh, the core of this dream was I was going to a tourist service. Um, like imagine like a, uh, it's just a, a kind of open um, glass surrounded building that is just like one main room with um, a pointed roof and uh, just tourist booths set up to like, you know, if you visit a new city, it's like, hey, come on in, check out. This is what we have to see. So going to a tourist ser- service was with my, my family, um, the main characters, my brother, my uh, mother, my father, my stepmother, my grandparents. Um, and this was in Oklahoma City. Uh, and it was at what looked like Lake Hefner, which is a lake in Oklahoma City. It's uh, kind of a summertime activity for people to go out there. They go boating, do things like that. Um, the lake was significantly enhanced, though. Um, it was surrounded by uh, alcoves and hills, um, with a lot of greenery, like forestry and such. And there were all these little hillside houses that were built up along the lake um, that were next to it. It, Honestly, it felt like a little lake in the Alps with really, really super crystal clear water. Um, And my brother and I, we first looked at the lake while everyone else was back in the main office. We'd gone out there. Just imagine it's like a giant TSA room with a buffet. There's a big buffet back there, which is strange. Um, but everyone was back there. They were still getting food. And I remember telling him um, that the lake was... <laughs> this is so weird. I told him, the lake looks so small. It looks like a river rather than a lake. And then all of a sudden, it just turned into this giant European hillside crystal clear lake. Went from being Lake Hefner into that. Um Next, all of a sudden, this huge storm came in. All these people, not inc- not us and other people, were gathering out around the lake to listen to a tour guide. 
give us a rundown of the history of the lake and like all the things that were going on there. Um, all of a sudden this huge storm came in and there was lightning striking around. Um, and everyone was just kind of like, Oh, well, whatever. We'll just hang out here. And I was like, no. And I, and I got up and I ran, I just absolutely ran for my life. I was terrified. Um, and I was like, as I was running, I was like holding onto the wall to try and avoid lightning. Cause it was coming down very nearby. Um, I made it back before anyone else. Um, and I went into that same tourist office, um, before everyone else got there. So I went and got ice cream. Because that was what was setting out there from the buffet. I went and picked up some ice cream. While other people were still spilling into the office. Um, and we were getting ready. Everyone was getting ready to leave. Like, we were like, okay, this is crazy. The storm came. It ruined the tour. That's fine. So we all ended up um, getting ready to go. And then the weather cleared up outside. So we are like, okay, I guess we're going back out. And I was kind of disappointed because, like, dang it, I was like, already ready to go. I was thinking I was going to go back to New York at that point. But, no, that I stayed. Um... All the TSA agents that were in there, these were like people literally dressed up as TSA agents. They kept moving stuff around on the buffet and like moving things and putting them in the way. And I remember getting mad at one and being like, why are you like, can you not move all these bowls around? Like, why can't you just Those leave the bowls where they TSA are? TSA agents. Yeah, just <laughs> leave it alone. Just meddling with people's stuff. Stay mm-hmm. away from my ice cream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I ended up then going back outside to the lake with my ice cream. Next, all of a sudden, I had this awareness that I was dreaming. I suddenly knew that I was dreaming, and I dreamt that I was awake, that I had woken up, and I needed to text myself to write this dream down so I would remember it in the morning. Oh my God. So I thought in my dream, I thought in my dream, I go, oh my God, I need to like write this down. And in my dream at that point, I actually got my phone and texted to myself, um, and the only way I know that I wasn't actually awake for doing that is I didn't actually have a text in the morning when I got my phone back sure. open. Um, so I woke up and, and when I woke up for real, there was no text. Um, next there was a part of this dream where a gentleman who I only refer to on this is, as Benedict Durant, uh, who used to play basketball for, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, he decided to go play for the Indiana Pacers. Uh, <laughs> I was in Washington, D.C., and I bought tickets to see an Oklahoma City Thunder game. Um, and now it was held in a small high school gym, and no one cared and no one came. And I was very sad for a while. Um, oh, man. So then finally I was back at the lake, and um, my girlfriend was there. Um, but we got separated, so I was looking for her. And I kept asking um, asking people around the lake, um, like, hey, have you seen her? Do you know where she is? Um, and after frantically looking for her for a while, I finally found her, and she was swimming in the crystal clear water, um, just having an absolutely great time. Um, but I jumped in and joined her, and then uh, and then I woke up. I will say there was another <laughs> there's another part of this dream, and I had some significant uh, concerns about whether or not I, I wanted to bring this up because. Um, this happened also within the dream, and it, I don't really remember the order of events, but there's another point in this dream where a gentleman who we went to college with, who I've, I've previously spoken with about this, and he said it was fine for me to say part of his name. His name was Breitman. Um, yes. There's an element of this dream where there was a party, and I walked outside with a guy named Breitman, um, and he got in a truck, um, a really beat-up, junky truck, 
and decided he needed to speed away to go rescue some girl. And I was like, you should stay. And he was like, no, I need to rescue this girl. And he just jumped in this truck and sped away. And I went back in and then <clears throat> I went to the men's restroom and I was the only one in there. Uh, and I went to, uh, I went to use the urinal and all of a sudden this like girl who I think just felt lost, uh, she like wandered into the restroom. She's like tall, blonde looking Scandinavian chick who like opened the door to the restroom and walked in and I was like, this is the men's room. And she was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and I was in there alone and she just like approached me and started to perform what would colloquially be referred to as uh, a hand job. Um, and then that, that just ended and I moved on. Uh, so that was also at some point in the dream that took place. It's like so unrelated to the rest of the dream. It's completely unrelated to the rest of the dream. Uh, just all over the place. It's like ridiculous. That was, <laughs> I think, I think uh, maybe the funniest part about that dream is that the TSA agents, instead of, instead of like handling baggage, were handling food. They 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 must handle. Well, they were it. messing that up too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just it was like it was like normal TSA, except instead of bags, they had food. That was really weird to me. I got a, a visual when you start talking about ice cream. I thought back to like Jurassic Park, where that's all they have. That's like spared no expense, and you're just like chowing down on ice cream. I was certainly enjoying that. the ice cream. I think so. Until they moved my bowls around. <laughs> you know, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think zooming out for a second, the first thing I recognize is like definitely um, thematic consistency here with some other dreams you've had previously, which is you're in some place, um, which is a place you've been in real life, like in your past, in the part of your past life, and it's it's not. Um, it's what you wish it would be, but it's not. So, like, um, in this dream, you know, you're at Lake Hefner, and you're like, oh, but it's actually this, like, you realize you're at Lake Hefner, but it's actually this, like, Swiss lake or something, yeah. and it's, like, very beautiful, and there are all these houses, and then it gets sabotaged by this storm. This yeah. exact this exact same thing happened in, like, the dream you presented in episode one, which was, like... You were in D.C., and it was known to be D.C., only D.C. was, like, this elaborate, like, maze of, like, theme parks and roller coasters, and, like, the Statue of Liberty was there. It was this abstraction of the city, and you were there having fun, and then they, like, closed it down, like, while you were on the ride or something, right? Yep. <laughs> like, the theme park was closed. Like, D.C. True. got shut down <laughs> while nice. he was living in it. While he was on the roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, and... The same thing is happening here, right? Like, you're, you know, at Lake Hefner, and it's this, like, idealistic place, and it's, like, almost, like, wish fulfillment. It's, like, you wish this was maybe something in your past that you wish was better. And um, that ties into the whole thing with, like, you know, Durant and the Thunder. You're like, oh, I was at a Thunder game, only it kind of sucked, because nobody was there. It was at, you know, high school gym. And How'd you feel about Kevin Durant going to the Pacers? Ooh. I don't, I don't know anyone named Kevin Durant. Sorry, how did you feel about Benedict? Oh, yeah, okay. Going to the Indiana about. Pacers. How did that make you feel in the dream? I, I felt very confused. I was angry. As you should be. I was um, I was surprised. Uh, actually, spoiler alert, I had a, another uh, another dream that I, I really want to talk about after this. I'm, I'm trying to hit the highlights, but 
should loop this in. This has been a very common thing that's happening in my dreams. Uh, he's leaving and going to all sorts of different teams. There's there's one that was called like the Vancouver like Smoke Hogs or something. <laughs> like, like, I don't know what teams that don't exist. That he, that he's he leaving left. you for like yeah. He left for and went to play. He actually left to go play with the Clippers, I think. And I was like, that's annoying. And then Russell Westbrook left to go play with the Vancouver Smoke Hogs. (laughs) And then I found out that Kevin Durant actually was like, yeah, I'll go play with you at the Vancouver Smoke Hogs. So he left the LA Clippers then to go play with Russell Westbrook again on the Vancouver Smoke Hogs. How did you have so much insight to all these trades? Were you like watching SportsCenter or just know... In your head, you were seeing them talking. Look, I can't provide information on my NBA insider resources, but I may or may not have plenty of access. It's been definitely, I would say, top of your mind because you text me a lot, and we—I mean, you and I both text a lot about the, you know, NBA just in general, and then you know, recently the movings of free agency, uh, and and so I know it's top of mind for you, and I think it's interesting uh, that that comes out in your dreams. It absolutely. I mean, it's coming out regularly in my dreams. I would say it's like one of the most, Yeah, it's a blatantly obvious recurring, not even, a, it's not even a metaphor at this point. It's like just a like recurring theme it's in my dreams. It's manifestation of your a- Anger and frustration yeah, that he would do that to the community of Oklahoma yeah. City. Um, Who now have to play their basketball games on the road in Washington, D.C. in the equivalent of a high school basketball gym. Right. And no one goes. It's shameful. And no one goes. Um, the other thing I pulled out of your dream was the fact that you were aware that you were dreaming. You know, I mean, that's just like, this is a lucid dream. It's a textbook lucid dream. You're like, I'm dreaming, and you were recording the dream <laughs> in the dream. Right. Were you just... Within the dream. Were you just like, oh my god, I'm never going to wake up? Like, did you think that you were awake in the dream? I did think that there was a period of time where I thought I was awake in the dream, where I thought I had woken up and yeah. was actually texting myself. And when I woke up the next day, the only reason that I didn't, that I knew I hadn't actually done that was because I didn't have a text in my cell phone. When you woke up or thought you woke up in the dream, did you wake up like in your bedroom? Right. No, I was literally right where I was. Got it. In my bed. Okay. Reaching over, grabbing my phone and texting myself because I just, okay. re- I was like, the thought process was, oh, this is great. I finally have a good dream this week. I know what happened. Let me write it down and send it to myself so I don't forget. Gotcha. So it was, there was definitely significant awareness of what was going on and a desire to preserve the knowledge and understanding of what was going on in the dream. And I think one of the things that's happening is I think I think this dream has a lot more detail than some of the other dreams I've had. And I think the reason that it probably did have more detail is I'm getting now to the point that I understand how to record these and think back on them. And I'm able to pull out more information when I think back on them. Um, And I'm seeing all these little nuances and things that are going on in my mind that I probably previously wasn't aware of. Um, That was really interesting. I'd be curious to get your guys' thoughts on it because this is the first um, openly open presentation of any form of clear um, sexual activity taking place in a dream on the show. We've oh, had very yeah. close stuff. Uh, Will has definitely had several manifestations that I think were basically, we're, we're, we're close to that, but we didn't really quite dive into that. I'd like to get... They weren't quite so hardcore. Yeah, no Scandinavian hand jobs. Did she talk to you, or was it just like nope. a no-speaking situation? No talking. <laughs> Straight up, unsolicited HK. No, no talking. I, I was just finishing at the urinal. <laughs> talking would have ruined it, I suppose. It's pretty crazy. Wow. That certainly is not a normal 
I, I can confidently say that does not happen regularly. In Did you get the sense that that event was linked to this Breitman? Oh, dear God. I really hope not. Oh, <laughs> oh man. I hope that in no way, shape, or form it's led to Breitman. Because he's a great guy. Yeah. Breitman, if you're listening. <laughs> I don't want a Scandinavian HSJ. If you're listening. Were, that, you, were you happy about it? Were you confused I was confused. About it? I was extremely was confused. confused. Hi. What's going on? Why are you aroused? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that in the course of the dream, I was, you know, just kind of like, oh, this is happening now. <laughs> All right, I guess this is happening now. Um, but yeah, it was certainly, it was certainly a very perplexing, um, confusing situation. Was was Broyman driving around in what would commonly be referred to as a campus cruiser? <laughs> I, I think Broyman was driving around in what would commonly be referred to as a uh, lawnmower's truck. <laughs> it was beat to shreds. It was absolutely beat to junk. Just like think of a junky old truck that you would just throw a lawnmower in the back of and cruise around. That's what it looked like. It looked like a trash truck. truck. It's beautiful added. Those are the three, I mean, I think those are the three big things that happened. The lake, the whole lake thing was, it's interesting that the the dream ended with such an idyllic, um, and I tell you, I I told uh, my girlfriend about this, that the dream ended with such an idyllic scenario. Um, meeting up with her at that lake and the water being crystal clear and her just swimming in it and having a great time. And that was after the storm and the TSA people messed with your right. bowls, right? Like, Well, it felt like we were going back and visiting in a totally separate scenario. My whole family was at the lake with me at one point. So it was like a second trip, basically. In a lot of ways, yes. Yeah. This one kind of, this one resolved itself a little bit. Um, it ended, it definitely ended with an upper. And I will say... If that lake existed in real life, the way it was portrayed in my dream, it would be the single greatest vacation spot in the world. Because imagine just a lake that's surrounded by these rolling, gorgeous green hills, and right off the side of it, there are just these wonderful, like, small houses built off of it. Um, and, you know, the only way that could be even more paradise is if there were, it was right by the ocean or something. I mean, it was, it was really, really fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was, it was a very, um, it's, I think cool. it's, I think it's interesting that the first part, if you, if you think of them as, or sort of feel like they were two sort of separate trips or experiences, I think it's interesting that the first one with your family was so tumultuous, uh, and the one with your girlfriend was not. Mm. I mean, that's a, I, I think a very fair thematic way of looking at that. And it wasn't like your family was the cause of the tumult, right? It was TSA again and, uh, and the lightning storm, right? But I just think that's an interesting dichotomy. I think you're right, 100%. And spot on. It's really interesting to see that. How bad is TSA? I, I was just, I, I was just going to talk about them, like... Almost seems like they're uh, a metaphor for bureaucracy. I, I, I mean, that's interesting. I, I took it as, um, I took it as just a known factor of people who really annoy me um, being involved in a, a dream scenario, really, really annoying me. But also with food, 
Like, what, what, what was it about? Like, what do you think the linkage with food there is? I don't want that to say prepping my food. <laughs> yeah, you trying to take away my ice cream, bub? Yeah, obviously not. But at the same time, like, what, like, it, you know, theoretically, it could have been anything, right? Like, yeah. it should have been bad, but it was food, right? Like, what, you know, I don't know. There's something that's interesting. Like, immediately to me, that was the most comical part of the entire dream, like, unsolicited HJ aside. Like... It, it, it's just really fascinating to me that, like, they were the ones, the bureaucracy managing food here. Do you think there's some... How would you describe your relationship to TSA comparatively to your relationship with food in general? What? <laughs> I don't know that I can is, is it, answer You think it's, like, a positive association or a negative association? Like, does it make it better that it was food, or does it make it especially bad that it was your food that they were messing up? I think it's I just, like, a very strong... It's a strong perspective that I really don't like when people in my life are interfering with the things that I am trying to manage and take control of. And I think that it was just a mm. sample of them some people who really annoy me doing that. Um, and it was much easier for me to look at those. It's much easier probably in my mind to look at them as the type of people who really annoy me in comparison to several other. Um, so that's interesting. Did they, did they make you take your shoes and belt off in order to get your ice cream back? <laughs> Ooh. If they did, I would have been very annoyed. Fantastic question. I, I think that's interesting though, because I know you've been eating vegetarian recently. And I think it's interesting to hear you say, like, something you were trying to take control of that they're meddling in. That's, uh, that's interesting, yeah. Great insight. That is good Good insight. I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't made that connection at all. Uh, but that's true. I have been eating a very strong, uh, very restricted diet, eating exclusively vegetarian. Um, and, yeah, you're probably right. It probably does have some connection there. Like, TSA screwing up your diet. Yeah, man. <laughs> By the way, this podcast loves the TSA. Great people. Yeah. Great job. Thanks, guys. Nate will be flying, actually, yeah. with you next week. If you would like to know American. the specific, yeah. specific flight and where he'll be checking in. No cavity searches, please. Sense or cavity searches, please. Or not. <laughs> Depends on who you are. Oh, boy. Um, well, guys, I really do. I, I, I really want to hit on at least part of this other dream. Um. It was important to me. I'm going to try and rush through this a little bit. I know everybody, uh, you know, we've got a little bit of... Uh, it involves a little over NBA basketball. Time. I already know that. So Seems to be the case. Let's hear it. That will okay. be included in there. Uh, somehow I was preparing to run for Congress in New York. Okay. This has ha actually happened in dreams before where I'm actually preparing to run for Congress or some other um, office. And I... I bumped into a gentleman who was just totally random. Um, first, he just appeared. He was a first-year legal writing professor that I had in law school um, who I have not thought about or had any connection with in forever. I mean, one of the most forgettable individuals who I had as a professor from law school. Um, and he was actually the congressman for the district where I was looking at running. Uh, and he invited me to Brooklyn to hang out at his place. Um, and I decided, okay, great. Yeah. And, you know, I really like you. Like I started to feel bad about the idea that I was going to run in his district. So I went to Brooklyn um, to meet him, but it was getting late. So I started to feel really unsafe. Um, so when I got off the train in Brooklyn and I walked past, uh, I started to walk past several people and I started to notice there were people I knew in real life. 
but I couldn't, I can't really place who they actually were. Um, then I, after a fairly short period of time, I started to run because uh, I started to feel really unsafe, though. The streets I was going down, they were tree-lined and they were dark. Um, and I was basically um, scared of these individuals. I just couldn't see their faces. Um, eventually, I just got in an Uber and uh, decided to take it to where he lived, which was this little area um, in Brooklyn, like a little, like neighborhood in Brooklyn that was called Oklahoma City. Yeah. Like as small as like I looked at a map, I was like, oh, I can't believe the area you live in. It's called Oklahoma City. That's crazy. Um, so basically like once, once I started to get there, I realized it was this really wealthy, small beach town that had like really nice uh, houses and such. Um, and then my girlfriend and some of my friends showed up um, and we decided that we... Um, I decided that I didn't want to take his district, but I started to feel really, really nervous that they were going to, um, they were going to say things that would make it seem like I wanted to take the district. Um, I'll just leave that there. I mean, there were other elements of this dream that proceeded along afterwards. I just thought that particular segment of it was really, really weird and really interesting. So if you guys have any thoughts or comments on that, I would love to, uh, would love to hear them. I think the part where you're walking down the street, <clears throat> knowing that you know the people you're walking past, but not being able to identify who they are, um, is interesting. It, it it rang to me of like almost like a, you know, I like a caricature of a person. Like I've seen, you know, the the face of uh, poverty, or I've seen the face of wealth, you know, kind of like, uh, characters of personas or, uh, you know, people basically, and that causing you to be afraid. And that that was a very interesting, would you, would you say that that is an accurate statement that they were like, it was sort of like, like people you, you recognize without knowing who they were, would you say it's like sort of an accurate representation of how it felt to you? Or was it like, really like, I know who that person is and you just can't, you knew it was a specific individual. You just couldn't place the name. It's hard to tell because I don't have full recollection of who I was actually speaking to. Sure. Or who I was running into. Um, but I did feel like there were people I actually knew. Um, it's interesting. It's hard, it's hard to really see that. I don't know that I have enough perception or insight into the dream. I could also just be ascribing my reaction onto the dream with that question as well, so. I think this is just another example of you wishing that a place is different from what it is or wanting it to be more. You know, it's like either you want, you know, Brooklyn or New York, New York to be better, more like home, or you want Oklahoma City to be more like New York. I don't know. This is just a, a trend that I can't ignore, that I just see continues to pop up in your dreams. I thought that was an that's an interesting observation because I definitely felt very excited in the course of the dream when I recognized that one of these sections of Brooklyn was called Oklahoma City. Um, I thought that was really, well, that was really neat. I just thought the, the running for Congress and become, trying to become a congressman and then all of a sudden like recognizing that someone I actually knew was there and then not wanting to take that away from them. But I thought that was an interesting theme and insight into probably a lot of the things I feel deep in my personality, which is um, 
you know, general desire for others to do well and to be able to support, uh, support them in those endeavors. Very cool. Any other comments? No, just wanted to get that out there. All right, cool. Thanks but, for sharing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we actually are going to be off for a short period of time here. I will be out of town. Uh, I will miss having these wonderful opportunities to get together uh, with this fantastic group of people. Will you especially, having uh, enjoyed doing this process thus far. Uh, when we come back, we should have great material. We've got some really exciting guests coming up. Um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really thrilled about where this is going. I think one of our listeners hit it perfectly well on the uh, uh, on the review. This has so many opportunities to go in fun directions. Big time. And uh, I'm liking kind of seeing some of these themes come out, and I'm liking getting more perspective on other people's dreams. We will definitely catch up soon. Thanks for coming in, Nate, Jack. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here. All right. Take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to our show. If you have any questions, email us at thedreamersgloquium at gmail.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter at DreamGloquium.